Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, break out the party favors and all those cool little noisemakers. You know why? It is our 200th episode. Can you believe it? Wow. Feels like yesterday we were just doing episode 199. Speaking of Kevin Israel, he's going to ride shotgun for me as we have ourselves another newbie joining the podcast. And Chase Mitchell has decided to plant his flag on planet I hate blazing saddles. Yeah. Another film that people have screamed about being the best maybe comedy of all time. We're going to find out how Chase, how it is, or does his argument stink worse than a campground full of cowboys eating beans? Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. Kevin Israel back again. I think you know this quote. Uh, and you didn't you didn't deliver it well. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. I avoided that for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yes, he nailed Happy it. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> he breaks his over. Got one. <laughs> Find the herd to be like, he died one for real. <laughs> the easiest one possible. Had to mix it up. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Chase Mitchell joining us, everybody. Chase, how goes it, sir? What's uh how you doing these days? I'm good. I mean, you know, uh, I have a lot of free time since uh we've been on strike all summer. So, you know, not much to do except walk around in the sun in circles. Are you annoyed when a lot of these people that are walking around or pretending to be uh, in, in cahoots with the with the strike? But you're like, they're not really part of this. <laughs> uh, you mean the p- other picketers? No, no, not another. Well, maybe other picketers, but people who kind of like latch on to the WGA strike, even though you're like, this person is about <laughs> as much of a you know member of this as they are as like a member of the uh, the 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 Chinese acrobatic circus or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, definitely some people who are uh, would uh, liberally call them aspiring writers who, you know, kind of try to uh, just kind of try to latch on. I think the equivalent for like a, the SAG strike is, you know, there's people out there giving out bottles of water, like with headshots on them and stuff. But, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, like a, it's like a stolen valor kind of thing. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Chase has chosen a film, and I love the balls on you, Chase, because people have tried to tout this for years as the best comedy of all time. And then he has chosen 1974's Blazing Saddles. And people were aghast in the Ask a Gutter section today. And I'm dying to hear these arguments. A budget at the time of $2.9 million. A box office haul of $119.6 million. Now... Turn that into 2023 money. $17.9 million budget. $741.5 million. <laughs> which slightly edges out the box office haul of Freddie Got Fingered, for those of you keeping track. <laughs> Stupid money. That's bonkers. <laughs> IMDB, gentlemen, 1 through 10 with decimal points. Kevin, I'm sorry, not Kevin. Chase, we go to you first. What did the IMDb scale lock in for Blazing Saddles? Uh, I'm going to guess 9.2. Holy shit, that's a high guess. Kevin Israel. 8.1. 7.7. Wow. All right. Yeah. Usually I say IMDb, everyone's average is about 8.1 on IMDb. We went 9.2. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of haters on there. 
Critics is a Rotten Tomatoes 1 through 100 scale. Kevin Israel, critics, Rotten Tomatoes, Blazing Saddles. Go for it. Critics, I'm going to say it's like a 7-2. So 72. We're doing percents here. 72, yeah, sorry. How about you, Chase? What do you have? Critics, Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm going to go with 92 again. 90. What? Wow. Wait, is this price? Is this price is the right rules? Yeah, it always yeah. is. Yeah, wowie, <laughs> zowie. Let's go to the audience scale, one through one hundred. Back to you, Chase. What did the audience give this score? I feel like that's going to be say eighty-eight for that. Eighty-eight. How about you, Kevin Israel? We're doing prices right. I'm going to go eighty-nine. 91 <laughs> quotes oh, i mean we could we could be here forever i only wrote down my top 27 <laughs> we'll kill every firstborn male child in every household too jewish yeah <laughs> that was an honor of you pal that was an honor of you yeah thank you thank you you spare the woman no we rape the shit out of them <laughs> This was probably my favorite one. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like to play chess and screw. Let's play chess then. <laughs> you said rape twice. I like rape. Yeah, I had that one too. <laughs> and these two, you've heard a million times. One of them I didn't know was from this film. Of course, one of them. Yep. Where are the white women at? And we don't need no stinking badges. I did not know. I didn't. I didn't know. I thought it was from a legit. I thought that was from like a legit Western. I thought it was from the good, the bad and the ugly or one of those uh, 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 Clint Eastwood man with no name films. Yeah, I have some I have something to I have something to get off my chest about that later. All right. (laughs) I I, I beef with that with that. That's fine. Let's go to Chase. Give me some quotes. What do you have quote wise from this film? Uh. Okay, there, I uh, I do like uh, I, there's definitely jokes in here that are great. Uh, I I will I'm gonna chip away at my own argument by starting off admitting that there are some great jokes in this. But uh, tell him I said ow I like that. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a there's a guy being dragged through the town, and he says, "Well, I guess that's the end of this yes, suit." suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I chuckled at that too. <laughs> Uh, and then just like a, a bunch of farts. Okay. <laughs> farts are always funny. Are they? We'll find out. <laughs> Kevin Israel, what quotes do you have? Excuse me while I whip this out. That was the other one I <laughs> didn't write down, but I, I knew one of you guys would get that one. Um, a laurel and hearty handshake. <laughs> I missed that one. Um, uh, but I shoot with this hand. That was funny, too. <laughs> Uh, I had the two. I'm, I had the two Jewish, and uh, you you got. Oh oh, <laughs> I actually said this one a lot. What in the wide wild world of sports is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want. Through this film, as quotable as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> Five fun facts. Boy, I want to make you guess this, but okay. What huge cowboy star was approached to be in this film but declined politely? Clint Eastwood. Uh, is this open to the floor? It is open to the floor. Uh, I'm gonna guess Jack Palance. John Wayne. Oh wow! Wow. Ho- hoping to include the western genre's most recognizable star, Brooks asked John Wayne to read the script. Although the Duke found it hilarious, he chose not to join the cast, fearing for his career. However, <laughs> the way he was done by seventy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Wayne did declare, quote, I will be the first in line to see it. I mean, what did he say when he told Mel Brooks? No, like, well, Pilgrim, you had me to the 25th N-word. There should have been. There should have been 50. What character? To be like Gene Wilder's character? I wonder who he read for. Didn't say. Blazing Saddles was the first film to incorporate an audible flatulence, having noticed that cowboys in traditional Westerns generally subsisted on a diet of canned beans. Brooks argued that you can only eat so many beans without some noise happening there. However, despite his foresight, the offending noises were muted in the Blazing Saddles TV release. Can, can you imagine watching this on TV and the sound goes out? This is like almost as bad as Sopranos cutting the black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
that scene is so long too. You would just wonder what the hell is going on. You're watching two minutes of guys eating beans. <laughs> which is a complete opposite of the say anything holding the boom box up, which takes four seconds, which we thought was an entire 15 minute part. Ironic. Yeah. Brooks says number three, that Wilder only agreed to do the film. If Brooks would consider his idea for a movie that he pitched want to take a guess, what idea Gene Wilder pitched young Frankenstein bingo. Yeah. It would be his next directorial project began with the, an idea of pro, a wilder approach about while filming saddles. His idea was very simple. What if the, the grandson of Dr. Frankenstein wanted nothing to do with the family whatsoever? He was ashamed of those wackos. Brooks said, I said, that's funny. Young Frankenstein was released in December of 74, less than a year after blazing saddles arrived in theaters. That's a fast turnover. I was just going to yeah. say that is a bang, bang right there. Too bad Steven Spielberg decided to wait damn near 20 years to make an Indiana Jones fourth film instead of it sucking so hard. Number four, the movie did not test well at the studio. Not surprisingly, the w, the WB suits, Warner Brothers, didn't warm up to the movie idea during a test screening. In fact, nobody laughed. Oh, surprising. Corporate people don't find this stuff funny. <laughs> it wasn't until Brooks set up a screening for the blue-collar Warner Brother lot employees that the studio agreed to release the film after seeing the audience's enjoyment of the film. Wow, and then the m- money started rolling in. Right. We talked about the last episode, Kevin Israel, of a film becoming a movie. Oh, sorry, a film becoming a TV show. Guess what? This movie, Blazing Saddles, almost spawned a TV series. The pilot oh, God. of the TV series was called Black Bart, starring Lewis, Lewis Gossett Jr. Of Jaws, <laughs> of Jaws 3 fame, mind you. Uh, film in 1975, but never got picked up. Louis Gossett Jr. of Iron Eagle fame. Thank you. That's another much. one. That's another one. <laughs> I mean, we could also say Officer and a Gentleman, but I chose nah, Jaws. Who knows that? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jaws 3 gets that special. What? Yeah. Now it's time to go right to the fans because you've got a lot of questions about why someone can hate this film in time for Ask a Gutter. We're going right now to at Bango2331, Madeline Kahn or Robin Hilton in their primes. Who do you got? Chase, we go to you first, as always. Got to go Kahn. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. That's actually, I'll get to it, but one of my problems with this is not enough Kahn. In this Kevin, Kevin Israel? Uh, I won't say that I did, but... You, you, somebody might have Googled Madeline Kahn naked during the movie. <laughs> it wasn't me, but somebody might have. So I got to go, Madeline Kahn. <laughs> Ashley Israel yeah, doesn't need to change it to privacy settings. <laughs> uh, always Google incognito. Thank you very much. Kevin Goatee fully admits to Googling Robin Hilton naked. And yes, she is naked. And I can't believe you guys said Khan. Robin Hilton way more attractive than Madeline Khan. Not even close. It's a, it's like, a, but it's a, it's a full package kind of thing. It's like Madeline Khan has, she's hilarious. She's, uh, she can sing. Uh, uh, the other one just sits there. Hey, Ch- hey, Chase. When's the last time a woman laughed you in the bed? Uh, I mean, I actually only date uh, comedians and other comedy writers, so it actually happens a lot. <laughs> Well, there's a point shit right there off the bat, Kevin Israel. Let's start off uh, circle. You're a sadomasochist. (laughs) She has to be good looking, I'm sure, to get some kind of credence with you to go to bed, right? Come on, admit that much. Next question. Only only hot comedian, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you need to be shallower. Yeah. Uh, Ken Bjorn Turner at Bjorn the Viking. Blazing Saddles is a fun movie. It definitely doesn't hold up for modern audiences, though. If this would be made today, it would be shit canned so quickly. Question is, if Blazing Saddles was made today, how far along in the process before it got canceled and Mel Brooks lost his career? Uh, Mid-pitch to the studio. (laughs) I'm sorry. How many N-words did you say are in this? (laughs) (laughs) Next one, at Miss K. Mel Brooks would would get canceled so fast. Not by me, though. Protect him at all costs. At Nemoroski, hey Chase, what is your favorite Mel Brooks movie? Uh, Young Frankenstein with a bullet. It's mm-hmm. that actually makes sense that it was Gene Wilder's idea. He's, uh, I don't know, I think it's, 
I think it's better than this one in every way. Sorry, but yeah, it's it, that's. I also watched it at like uh, just the perfect age to just it locked it in as my favorite. For t- at Taco Shirt, Krillin asks a similar question. I guess my question is, what Mel Brooks movie do you like? So besides Young Frankenstein, is there another one there that tickles your fancy? Well, the other thing is when I was like a you know a kid, like when I was growing up, I I didn't I kind of child of the eighties, so of course I saw like Spaceballs first and uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights and stuff like that. So those are kind of like sentimental favorites for me. Um, there's a couple that I've I've never even seen. The one that's the Hitchcock one, I I actually have never yeah. seen. So that might be great. But high anxiety, I think high anxiety, yeah, yeah. You mean you didn't see Life Stinks? <laughs> uh, it's on it's on my list. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's high in your list. At hey, would you blow me? Would you know comedy if it exploded in your face like a candy gram? Checks IMDb to see you wrote for Fallon. Nope. <laughs> It's not really a question, but uh, yeah, you know what? No, it's more of a burn if, uh, if, if, we're, if we're judging here, but uh, okay, so noted. Using today's comedy standards, whatever those are, which offensive joke in Blazing Saddles is the least offensive? And that, of course, coming from at Joe Loves Kim. <laughs> is the least offensive? The Which offensive joke is the least offensive? Oh, that's tough. Uh, definitely not either of the three rape ones. Um, so, uh, gosh, I don't know. I think okay, you said I mean, it. You, you pointed where, it out. At least <laughs> where the, where the white women at is just good, clean fun. I, sure. You know, sure. Yeah. It's a question we all ask while walking to a bar. Come on. These are the things we yeah. need to know. Yelp review. The white women be at here. Five stars. <laughs> Next one, the uh, at Tarmac 492V2, the musical ending of Blazing Saddles is awful. It should have been 63 minutes. The first half is as good as it gets. Thank you. No? All right. Okay. At Ray, uh, Almighty Ray, Ray Sikane is Blazing Saddles is a great gutting candidate. I'm convinced boomers only love it because it was the last time they remember one word said in a movie they saw. Question, best underappreciated Western film. I go with Quick and the Dead. What say you? Mm, Quicken Dead's a good call. Quicken Dead is a good one. Chase, what uh, do you got? I'm not like a huge Western guy, but I don't know. I, I feel like uh, nobody talks about like 310 to Yuma anymore. I don't know. I thought that was really good when I saw it. Which is what someone did put in the Twitter comments under that one, 310 to Yuma. The, the remake, they put it. They didn't, they didn't put in the uh, the original. No one talks about Young Guns anymore, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not Young Guns the Two. The, that one stung. The song is the song will always be my favorite. Well, Young Guns Two is the song. The original was. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I like Young Guns One. It's it's fun. Yeah, I, I mean, best Western, but it's not underrated. Is got to be un- Unforgiven. Yeah, Unforgiven is good. Um, what's why am I blanking on the on the title? The one the the group the and the ugly. Oh, no, the oh, the Magnificent Seven. Uh, no, it's the. the was it the Magnificent Seven? Maybe it was. The remake stinks. Yeah, it's the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, yeah. The, the remake stunk. Yeah, uh, the remake was awful. The, the original, pretty good. That's going to close Ask a Gutter. Hope you got a good kick out of that. And uh, Chase, just to let you know that no one ever listens to the end of podcasts. Don't be silly. <laughs> Chase, what are you up to? Where can we find you? Shout it all out for the good folks so they can find you. Uh, you can find me walking around holding a sign outside the Netflix building on uh, Van Ness and Sunset, where I'm at most days. Um, I, I'm actually not allowed to shout out any of the stuff that I have worked on. It's part of the, uh, like WGA, um, guidelines right now. So sure. I can just say that, uh, wrote for a, an, a fun adult animated comedy on a certain streamer, uh, and a late night show that definitely no one just made fun of me for a few minutes ago. <laughs> well done. You wrote for Daria on MTV? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, you like that i pulled that out of my ass thank you yeah, i re- deep for that the new beavis and butthead per- has pretty good moments in it yeah it's i i recently watched uh all of them it's they're they're it's back to it's comparable to how it was before i think i really wish i mean when they shit on youtubers is great but the music videos is what made it for me and i yeah. wish it did that 
and they do that sometimes. They, w- Google, YouTube them watching the WAP video with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. It is gold. Oh, I have to watch that. Yeah. Kevin Israel, what are you up to? Uh, well, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm currently waiting for a baby to be born. But by the time you hear this, there could be a baby out. I don't know. But uh, my comedy career is on a two month hiatus. And yeah, I'm just waiting, counting down the days till uh, my wife calls me up and says, we got to go to the hospital. Yeah, he's not walking around the picket line because he's for the man. He's for corporate America. <laughs> Boo. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> Scab. <laughs> Kevin Goatee.com. Kevin Goatee. Get ready for fantasy football jibber jabber. Probably coming out by the time you hear this, starting it up. We're ready to start making some bets for free money. And, of course, leave that five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. It truly does help. I love screen-shooting my favorite reviews and resharing them. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. As I burp and hiccup at the same time. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to advertise with us or just to say hi, for the love of Christ. And please continue to tell your friends about how much how awesome this podcast is and that is the highest form of a compliment is a referral. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's in every doctor's office you'll see on the wall. There you have it. <laughs> Fun fact. Kevin Israel, let's have Chase come on here and just walk this minefield that people are just <laughs> dying to hear how someone can hate one of the most beloved comedies of all time. So, Chase, it is now time for you to gut the, the sacred, sacred cow. <laughs> My conducting has gotten so good, by the (laughs) way. That's that's very good. Um, I think that this has to do a lot with the way that I first, like, encountered the movie. I think, um, like, being a a fan of comedy, and like I said, when I was growing up in the 80s, um, the Mel Brooks movies that I saw at the time were, you know, 80s and 90s, the Mel Brooks movies that I saw at the time were very of that time. I mean, I even like Dracula Dead and Loving It. Like, I don't, you know, which I... (laughs) People are going to come for me for that too. But um, <laughs> I think it was just a case of this being really, really built up in my mind. Uh, I, you know, would read a lot of lists of like um, 50 best, uh, 50 best movie moments in comedies and 25 best movie moments in comedies. Always, uh, always without uh, exception, the campfire scene would be like two or one. <laughs> And I was like, what is this like mythical scene that's going to like just make me die of laughter? And um, when I, by the time that I finally watched the movie again, I came to like, you know, 70s Mel Brooks, like much later. And it had just been built up so much that I watched that scene. And I was just like, what the fuck am I supposed to be laughing at here? That, that looks like if you pulled out that like the uh, 30, 45 seconds, whatever it is, that could just be a Super Bowl commercial for like a brand of chili, like right now. Like it's, <laughs> it's not. Um, and I get I, maybe it's just that like fart jokes have come a long way since then. Maybe it was just like a pioneering <laughs> kind of thing. And and, uh, you know, they've just gotten much better. But uh, something about that, it just really let the air out of the balloon of this movie for me. Um, and, you know, an- another thing is that I just think that young Frankenstein is just so uh so far superior that i feel like that should get talked out talked about more whereas this is more like a i don't know i mean so anyway i'll, I'll get more into it the, the the campfire scene was was really it was coming in at a deficit uh you know having that have been built up as the best joke i mean like i think there i think that's not even one of the top 50 funniest jokes in this movie um so i don't know why it's lived on in people's minds for for so long um, the other thing is the quote that I would always see quoted was badges. We don't need no stinking badges. And people would act like that quote is funny. And I just don't understand what's funny about, about that quote. So I actually had to like Google what it is. I just Googled it today. Cause I was like, why, why was that the quote that I was always see? There's, as you, you guys, you know, were saying earlier, uh, in the show, there's, there's a million other quotes from this movie that people could have latched onto. And I, maybe that one, because it's short. I don't know, but it's mm. not a joke. It's not a joke in and of itself. So I, I found out it's actually just a reference to Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Um, so it's a reference to a movie that no one who is laughing at it has probably even seen at this point. Um, so they said that line in that movie. 
they say something about badges. So it's like badges. We don't need badges. And so this was a reference to that movie. There's a lot of stuff in this that like, and I know it's, what a it's deep kind of that is. My God, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw Sierra Madre when I was in film class, but I would never have put that to, again. That was over 25 years ago, for Christ's sakes. But nonetheless, who's going to remember that? That's a deep cut. I mean, when Sierra Madre came out in what, 40s, 30s? Right. So there's like wow. the, the backbone of the things that people remember about this movie and quote about it are so inferior to kind of the meat of the actual inside of it. Like, so there's those two things. And then like, you know, some of the other stuff is just like, I, obviously this isn't the movie's fault. It's the time it was made, but like, there's a, there's not that good of visual gags in this movie compared to a lot of his other uh, oeuvre. I think like, I think like Spaceballs has like a lot of like crazy killer visual gags. Um, and there's just, first of all, not that many in this. And the ones that are there are, you know, incredibly dated. Like there's a long lingering shot that as it's going through the town, there's that long lingering shot on the Howard Johnson's. And it's mm. like, am I supposed to be fucking <laughs> laughing at that? Like, um, there's a running joke of, uh, of, um, sorry, I can't remember his name, but, uh, the guy in the photo being named, uh, uh, Hedley Lamar yeah. and every, people yeah. getting it wrong and saying Hedy Lamar. And it's like, listen, I don't, I don't want to have Google out during this entire movie trying to figure out. So like, by the way, she sued over this character name. Did she really? Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a fun fact. And Mel Brooks settled with her, and so he was allowed to have it in there. So yes, I will. I will concede that that one does pay off well at the end when they're in yeah. front of the giant theater. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, I just think that it's incredibly overhyped. I mean, there's a million other. It, you know, if you want to look at, uh, I prefer Airplane to this. Uh, you know, to to go outside of. Mel Brooks to something that has a similar raucous, like chaotic vibe. I just think that that airplane eats this movie's lunch. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, so I think that um, Cleveland Little, the uh, the who was supposed to be the star of the movie, is also like weirdly underused. I, uh, you know, he he uh, passed away recently, and and people were like, oh man, I loved him in Blazing Saddles. I love him, and and he like has some good lines and stuff, but there's an entire portion of the movie where he just drops out of the movie for like 20 minutes. So you've got the guy who's supposed to be the star of the thing and he's barely in it. And then when he is in it, um, he's not given that much to do for a long time. There's uh, an entire scene in, in the governor's office where he's just completely silent while they do, while they do this, this bit. And I got to say, I'm sorry, but this was one of my least favorite scenes of the movie. It's so like, Sub Abbott and Costello, like quick banter. And I don't think this is one of Mel Brooks's best performances either. I think that it's probably one of his weaker ones. And it just, that scene in particular, like didn't do it for me. He's saying completely nothing. A lot of this, mo this movie is like 60% smiling for him. It's just him smiling while other people talk around him. And also like once Gene Wilder shows up, it kind of just becomes like the Gene Wilder show from there. Um, so I think that's, and, and Gene Wilder's great in it, but, you know, I just think you have this movie that's supposedly about uh, race relations and stuff, and you have you put this black guy in the sheriff role, and then you give him less to do than almost every other person in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, another person that I was saying, I think, was really underused, um, which I actually didn't know this was before Young Frankenstein, so it's it seems like they realized their mistake in this. But yeah, Madeline Kahn showing up for, one song that's like not that funny and way too long and uh and then like you know basically one scene where she has sex with them and then and then also disappears until like the very end of the movie um so there's not enough not enough con for me um and uh you know i know there's <laughs> other stuff of this movie uh can't help like you were saying it wouldn't be made today but like it is a little uh, it kind of affects being a viewer of it today to watch so many white actors say the n-word and also like kind of look like they're kind of excited to be saying it like slim pickens like you can definitely tell that that was not the first time that he had said that <laughs> word like every, every, everyone's just a little too satisfied about it and then like knowing that mel brooks wrote it it's like okay that's something that definitely wouldn't happen now it's like he wrote that word that many times it's kind of like a kind of a quentin tarantino effect i think so yeah, there's things that, you know, people kind of 
rag on it for for not aging well. And I think that that's it's very it very much is a product of its time. I don't think you could make something like that now, and I don't think anyone should. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you I don't think you could do that many rape jokes unless you cast Crystalia instead. Oh, of you Fox. son of a bitch. I was just going to say fucking Dalia. <laughs> Good one. I'll give, I'll give you that. Damn it. Um, yeah. And I uh, like I was kind of saying earlier, I just think there's nothing that's in this that's not done better in another Mel Brooks movie. Like the quick banter, I think, is done way better in Young Frankenstein. I think Gene Wilder is better in Young Frankenstein. Um, I, as I was saying, I think the visual gags are, are much stronger and come at you faster in uh, uh, Spaceballs. And I think, honestly, like, I think there's more, there's better racial humor in Robert Hood Men in Tights. Like, I really am a big fan of the, uh, of the Dave Chappelle character in that. And just a fan of his general politics uh, now. Um, anyway. Um, oh, true. I also... Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the other thing for me is the ending. I actually really like, I love the wall breaking thing. I think that that's a really strong idea. Um, and then I think it just goes on for like another 20 goddamn minutes. I was like, okay, I gotta admit, that's a really strong joke. I love, I love, you know, kind of the anticipation of waiting for the, uh, the cowboys to come spilling out into the thing. But then it's like, then they fight with the, the, dancers which is just an excuse for like 35 straight gay jokes and uh but then they, then they go from there into the cafeteria and then it's like out into the parking lot and then like i don't know it, it just is you gotta know you gotta know when you're when to end your joke basically it just goes on for like five beats too long i think five is gotcha that's 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 what. Oh, I also. What was the deal with the medieval execution? Why does the town have a medieval executioner? I could not. Wasn't, I just could wasn't not, he from? He uh, was Frankenstein. Yeah, I think you. I, yeah. I, I haven't seen him so long, but that guy. He was. The, he was the hunchback. He that's was the hunchback from Young Frankenstein. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He. I mean, the guy. Like, I was just like, what is that joke? What am I not understanding about why this town has that guy? I mean, like. Yeah, it was just weird. But actually, were, wait uh, that that doesn't make any sense because you said Young Frankenstein came after this. So yeah, I, yeah. I I just knew him, and he was this. He has a hunchback in this. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he also might be the ex the ex executioner in Robin Hood Men in Tights, but like that comes away after this, so that wouldn't make any sense. So I was just yeah, that was just another thing that jumped out at me that was like, what were you thinking there, Mel? I, I don't know. So that's. That's my that's my case. I just think it's it doesn't deserve to be in the. I just think it's extremely extremely overhyped. What's uh? Get, so it sounds like you're finished then, unless any of you have any other points. Uh yeah, that's all I got. Give me a number one to ten on your thoughts on Blazing Saddles. Uh, I would give it um. I mean, it's hard to give anything Mel Brooks uh you know that's not true (laughs) (laughs) oh it's not true at all believe me well i I thought i thought maybe he'd be watching this so i I don't want to i don't want to offend him if he Um, is watching if he is watching his days on this earth are not that many more so don't worry about yourself getting out of uh, work i saw a picture of him in my uh twitter feed and it was uh i was like oh wow who did the makeup job on that that's a pretty that's really good zombie makeup um, I'm going to have, it's, I, I give it like a 5.5, which I think is really negative for this. I think a lot of people would say that that's, um, blasphemy. Yeah. Fair. Five and a half. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Kevin Israel, why don't you go down there and field that kickoff next? Blazing Saddles. I So 
I agree with uh, a lot of what Chase said. I, my first Mel Brooks experience was Young Frankenstein. I actually saw it when I was at like soccer camp when I was 11. And I didn't get 90% of the jokes in it. And, <laughs> you know, there's the 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 there's somebody who has big boobs in it. And I just remember <laughs> like every we all liked that. But and and yeah. the joke starts with the, you know, look at those knockers. And we were all like, woo. And that was probably I think it's the, the first <laughs> joke. It's yeah, the first joke in the movie and the last one we all got. But this uh, Blazing Saddles is one of those movies that was just always always out there, is is always talked about. I feel like Quentin Tarantino watched this movie and was like, Hold my beer. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. Now, now, you made that joke, Chase. Kev made that joke. Chase. And, I, and the first joke I have written down is a Tarantino reference. So we'll get to it. So perfect. We're all the same wavelength. Yep. Um, I, I, there, there are things about this movie that I really do enjoy. I will say this. I, it, the fort scene isn't one of them. I never would have thought that the fort scene was considered one of the most, uh, iconic comedy scenes in a movie, but there are, there are things of this about this movie that I love whoever just, whoever in the, in on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it, uh, said that the first half of this movie is flawless, really kind of hit the nail on the head. I would say maybe even the first two thirds, but everything, everything about the buildup to this movie is great. I love, I love that Gene Wilder and, uh, and Cleavon are almost anachronisms. They, none of them, neither of them behave like they're supposed to be in the West. They don't try. They don't really have the accents. They don't have the mannerisms. They don't have, you know, it's, it's, they're really just like two guys who just got thrown into this and are just kind of dealing with it. I love Gene Wilder in this. I love their chemistry. The scene of them when they first meet in the, uh, in the jail is fantastic. I love everything about that scene. I, I, it's just, it's just such a great Some of it's very subtle. It's just, it's just two great actors. Gene Wilder being a great comedic actor. Just, it's just, it just works. And I, it's one of those scenes that I can watch over and over again. I have to disagree with chase. I love the governor's office scene uh, with the, <laughs> the, and to what Kevin said about the harump for I worked in politics for many years and it's so not far from that. It, and it and just the, somebody handing him papers to sign and him going, what's this? And he goes, oh, it's the you know, the the, the gambling, or whatever. And he's like, this is going to help many. That's exactly <laughs> what politics is. It's just fucking people being handed shit and they just sign it. And then they find a way to explain why it was important. And and meanwhile, they're just staring at some lady's boobs like that's that really is our political system. And I think it, it just breaks it down perfectly. Uh, yeah, I could have done without. um Mel Brooks is like he's got like cross eyes or something like that. And I think I think it was like it's like why that wasn't really necessary. I would have preferred he played it a little straighter because I don't think it needed that goofy extra because he clearly was supposed to be a dimwit. But uh, I I I I really do enjoy that scene. Um, Everything everything about the first half of the movie I I really like uh, so many so many funny quotes and funny see him you know trying to deal with the townsfolk and I agree watching anything that has the the n word in it now especially as a joke where it's the punchline of the joke is is very awkward and hard and it's when it's said that often as the punchline it, it but at the same time it almost it 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 feels like it's still a commentary on what's going on today. So I I I didn't cringe as much as I thought. I think I cringe more watching um uh some of Tarantino stuff where they just say it over what's the what's the the Django the Unchained. Hunter, Django Unchained. It's yeah. like what the fuck was he do? like it's crazy. But <laughs> and then he and then he puts himself in it. So it's like, dude, you just want to say the word. Right, right. Yeah. Like, like he <laughs> do we all not see do we not all not see Pulp Fiction? Where yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, coffee. Yeah. And and it's like Quentin Tarantino wanted two things to say the N word and to kiss feet. And that's and he he made movies that he did that. But the, so in this in this movie, it's it feels awkward, but it also doesn't feel like her horrific. I don't know. It's 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 weird, but halfway through the movie, the movie stops being a, a comedy as much and starts being like, a, oh, we should make we need to get to the plot of this movie. We need to actually have them do something. And, they're, and then they're trying to save the town. And then 
you know, the plan comes together, which is like the making fun of every other Western that's ever been made, where they make the townsfolk, you know, come together and fix the problem. And then the end to me, I, and I, I have to disagree with Chase again. I, I love breaking the breaking the fourth wall and it just it just didn't work for me at all. It feels like they got to that point in the script and then Mel Brooks was like, I don't want to write this anymore. Uh, we're just going to do uh, you know what? They're going to beat up some gay guys and it's going to be funny. And then there's going to be a pie fight. And then they're going to be at the movie premiere. The movie premiere was almost less offensive to me than the rest of that scene, because that almost was it being self-aware. And then when they ride off and they get into the limo, like that was a self-aware comedy sort of. But the the whole thing of them breaking into like the the it was just I, I love Dom DeLuise. So anything I mean, any chance to see Dom DeLuise is great. But it the the end of it it just it just never worked for me and it feels and then and i think about this movie and i and when kevin told me we were doing this i was like i love blazing saddles i've watched it so many times i've watched the first half of blazing saddles so many times <laughs> and then and then there's just a point where i'm like i don't need to watch this movie anymore because it stops being as funny and i wish i i wish i paid more attention to exactly when that moment is but i'm pretty sure it's at the halfway mark and then the movie just kind of falls apart for me and I do. I like I like Mel Brooks. We did Spaceballs on here. That was like our third movie we did on here. It was. And I uh, Jeff, didn't like Spaceballs. Jeff, a uh, comedian named Jeff Paul, who is now my arch enemy. And uh, is, he a, is he a big guy? Can he fight? It doesn't matter. He's <laughs> he's old, uh, but he's right. Spaceballs yeah. eats a platter. Spaceballs eats a platter of dicks. Fuck that. No, film. fuck you. <laughs> so right it's on a, that. It's a great movie. It's, it's shit. Uh, but here's the here. So here's the thing. And here's the thing that I don't get as offended at Kevin's stupid opinion. The thing, the problem we have when we've done comedy movies on this is that nothing is more. And as as you know, Chase, as a as a comedy writer, nothing's more subjective than comedy. Like you can have 20 people say something's hysterical and 20 other people who have just as valid opinions say it's stupid. That's the beautiful thing about comedy. So you can I mean, you know, there we've done people think Napoleon Dynamite was a funny movie. Kevin and They're I watched wrong. it. Yeah, but and, but but there's it's still out there. Like there's, yeah. there's still the opinion out there and enough of the people that that it's that it's a, a pervasive opinion that it's hard to do this because. You, it's hard not to say it's hard to say something's not funny if people were laughing and people you know then it then it was funny but i i as as a movie when you're looking at this just as a total movie as a storytelling experience sitting down and watching like a full story about characters and a and a plot the movie's great till the halfway part and then it just it feels and i've you know i've written stories and i know what it's like when you get to that halfway mark and you're like ah I really like building up to this, but now I got to bring it home and bringing it home is not nearly as much fun as the buildup. And that's what it felt like happened in this movie. Like he wrote a great script and then he just kind of ran out of steam and was like, hey, we'll just do some of this stuff and this stuff. And then we'll have some whack ass ending that's blow people's <laughs> minds and it'll be good enough. So as much as I do really love the first half of this movie, I I don't care about the second half of the movie. So that makes it not a great movie for me. It's a great series. It's a, some great scenes wow. that, I'll, that I'll watch. I'll watch those scenes that I just named. I mean, when he first arrives in town, the, excuse me while he whipped this out and the whole that whole thing and everything in the in the jail. And then and when he gets part, you know, when he gets pardoned and everything like I love it all. I love all of that. But as a movie, would I ever watch this whole movie again? To sit down and watch it? Probably not. Just because the, the last a third of it just doesn't really, the third act just doesn't do it for me. Um, so it's it's a tough situation for me because I, I love I love Gene Wilder in this. I like that. Cleavon was so good in it. And and I, you know what? I And I almost disagree with you also that you said he was underutilized. I think he plays it so laid back and so cool because he's almost supposed to be <laughs> like the audience in the movie. Like he's supposed to be sitting with us going, look at all these fucking rednecks. Look at all these, look mm -hmm. at how, like he's supposed to be our eyes in this. And I, I love the way he played it. Um, and it, yeah, it, it just, it, it just worked for me until the, until the, till the end. So I, you know, it's it's a it's tough for me. I'm gonna give it a uh, a six 
because I, like I said, I love the beginning so much, the, the first half, first two thirds, but then it just falls apart. I'm looking at Lord Snert's predictions before I give out them. He had a question he wanted me to ask. Would you rather vacation in Rock Ridge from Blazing Saddles, the castle in Young Frankenstein, or Pizza the Hut's Palace from Spaceballs? Chase, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the castle from Young Frankenstein because the the girl that y'all were mentioning, Terry Gar, uh, <laughs> would, I assume, be there still. <laughs> She's still hot. Oh, you mean Terry Gar from Mr. Mom and Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Wait, go. oh, no, not Terry Gar. Wait, wait, is it? No, you're right. No, it's Terry Gar. You're right. You're thinking, you're thinking of Terry Polo. Though. I know I, I know my Terry's. Terry Terry Gar, definitely in both of those. In fact, and, now, now I'm going to look this up. Do, 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 do. She's, oh boy, 78 and lives in, from Lakewood, Ohio. Let's, <laughs> why is it the first thing that comes on Google? Did Terry Gar have multiple sclerosis? Jesus. I am right. It is 1970. She was in Young Frankenstein. And, well, she's also in the in Dumb and Dumber. Yep. It is Terry Gar. Thank you. Huh. Who is she? I really don't remember her. Dumb and Dumber. She was the mom of Lauren Holly. Oh wow! Gosh, time time passes for all of us. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, these notes brought to you by, of course, by guttingthesacredcow.com. Make sure you go stop by, say hello, get a leave a get a bag, get a hat, get a mug to support your favorite movie podcast. Get a mug. Why not? guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you wish to advertise with us. And please leave us that five-star rating uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Two or three sentence review does help. And of course, at GTSC Podcast on Twitter, Gutting the Sacred Cow Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and we're working on getting Blue Sky up and running. Notes, 15 seconds in, and I already know this film can't be rebooted in tonight today's times unless Quentin Tarantino directs it. Ah, there's the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love sight gags, but boy, these feel lazy and elementary to me. The public shower box getting knocked over where the guy gets a four Mississippi held on him as he's covering himself up with not real soap, but shaving cream. Yeah. There's a cherry on top of that. This is going on too long, bit. Three, <laughs> three rape jokes in 14 minutes, definitely making every studio head clench her sphincters when someone brings them a rebooted script for this film. <laughs> Call me jaded, but Mel Brooks is the pioneer without a doubt. But Lloyd Bridges plays the bumbling, idiotic boss way better. Agree with that. The office scene, the harumph scene. I, Kevin, is wrong with you. That was that was funny as shit. I, I was with with that beat for beat. There are more n words in here than an Ice Cube song or a Mike Pence campaign speech. <laughs> Jesus. For people to call us an all-time classic, it's not providing the high laughs per minute count that I look for in a so-called perfect mantelpiece comedy like this is calling it to be. Not yet. Hey, can someone explain to me why cowboys, who are pretty tough characters, wear kerchiefs for no reason, making them look not so tough characters? That's like guys who wear that man shoulder purse. I'm not taking you seriously. <laughs> also, guys who play wear jeans playing softball, you're also... Always going to be laughed at. <laughs> I bet you Mel Brooks uses the word Schwarza a lot at home. How about you guys? Oh, yeah, definitely. I sure love a good no, I've never heard of it. Oh, you haven't? That's not true. Yeah, you what is it? You're it's kidding the, me. That's the Jewish N-word. Oh. <laughs> well, translated, again, this is from, you tell me, you're you're, you're the Jewish fellow here. It means black in Yiddish, yeah. but not, but, but it's insinuated upon as the yeah. n-word it's used it's used the same way i love a good fart shit joke but the bean farting scene is hilarious if you're 15 and under but man as an adult this is weak as shit that whole farting scene way too long and for what okay like three seconds like someone just eats beans maybe lifts a cheek lets one squeal and some of the guy sniffs it and runs out in, in mock anger sure but two minutes straight of that no sheriff bart and Don Cheadle have to be related somehow. They look very alike. <laughs> Just think, guys, Mongo, Alex Webster, became Webster's dad. Alex Karras. Yeah. Fuck, I fucked that joke up. Just think, guys, Mongo, Alex Karras, became Webster's dad. There we go. I can't believe neither of you two referenced this. I laughed out loud with the exploding candy box Looney Tunes theme. I I'm a sucker for parody like that. Yeah. Boy, that, 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 that I, I had a good belly. That was good. 
I am with you, Chase Mitchell. The Madeline Kahn music number is way too long and brought nothing to the table, but I disagree with you by saying her whole role was a waste for me. I found nothing about her that was, I mean, she's endearing as a character, sure, but entertaining go ah we didn't need this 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 brought nothing to the table was not was not on board with that wait can i add something real quick that i forgot sure. to say yeah of course uh, for literally for the better part of 20 years whenever well not even i mean at least when I, as long as i've been with my wife whenever my wife goes ah i'm so tired i always go i'm so tired and i never realized what i was like <laughs> what i was quoting and I and it, she should always just look at me. And then we were watching this and she and she also never realized that she goes, have you been singing that stupid song to me all these years? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess this song really stuck in my yeah. head. But I I love that song. Looks like whomever did Marlena Dietrich's hair did her best recreation of her hair on Gene Wilder's head. What kind of haircut was that Gene Wilder? <laughs> it's the it's 70s. Per- it looked like it was from the 30s. Forget the 70s. Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. No one threw that quote out there. People touted the shit out of that line for years. It doesn't pack a punch at all. I, are we trying to be like, oh, this is a meta line from a guy who's dopey? Oh, that's the joke? Really? Like, yeah. Chewing gum in line. Hope you brought enough for everybody. I laugh my ass off at that when no books <laughs> bust as well. That was great. But Kevin Israel, you said it best. Breaking the fourth wall. This doesn't hit for me either. We did a film last week where it's the fourth wall is broken in a 70s comedy, and that was Annie Hall. Woody Allen can't break the fourth wall, but he sure can break the statutory rape laws. That's for sure. <laughs> and I like it best when Matthew Broderick did it in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's where the fourth wall breaking was mastered. Kevin Israel, I wrote down, this film has fizzled out like fast times at Ridgemont High at the half at the halftime mark. You're so right. It does peter out. Although I did laugh at the fight scene with the chimpanzee. I don't know what it is. Chimpanzees throwing pies. That's going to get a laugh for me all the time. The absurd ending with them running around LA in a movie theater. There are a few funny moments of that. Uh, But overall, you're like, what are we doing? And you're right. It's, it's that joke I constantly make about the you know the Madison Avenue folks. Like we got to come up with something at four fifty nine. They're all coked up. Same thing for this movie here. Like, we got we got to come to an ending. We got to figure out what we're going to do here. I know what we're going to do. We're going to have an ending, and we're going to have them all run around the entire town. And then what we're going to do? We're going to have them run to the movie theater and duke it out. And then he's going to drop that, and that's going to be the end of it. Like that's <laughs> that was the end. That but again, remember and and, and those are all the notes I had because why? That's wow. That was. This is a comedy. We're not supposed to have notes on comedy. We're not here to poke on <laughs> plot holes, okay? People love this film. I can see why. It definitely has funny moments in it, but not enough, even close, for me to put this on the mantle with other comedies. I disagree with both. I hate space balls. And I rewatched <laughs> Young Frankenstein, and I am no, I am not on board with that at all. Wow, <laughs> no, not a Bell Brooks guy. Robin Hood yep. Meditates. I saw in this, I saw in the theater when I was in the eighth grade or whatever that was when it came out, Kevin, when we were that age. And I remember liking it. I haven't seen it since 1990, and I don't know about that. Although, and also, I think that why people love this so much, I'm going to call this N-word shock, which is 13 percent of why people love this film. They they just yell it out, and that's that's the punchline, and they think it's funny. Which it's not for that reason. Gene Wilder, great straight man. Has his moments too where he gets to play the the, the the comic. Great. This is Mel Brooks' best film in my book. And I'm not a Mel Brooks fan, as I said. This is too schmaltzy. I don't like the schmaltziness of Mel Brooks, which is why I don't like a lot of his other films. And I don't know which one of you said it, but I'm saying this. Five out of ten for me. That's it. That was me. <clears throat> I, I I get why people like it. I I never get again. My batting average as seeing stuff as a kid to an adult is damn near eight fifty nine hundred. I never liked this as a kid. I as an adult now like oh there are more things I picked up on like all those quotes I gave you and I, the scenes I'm like that's good the rump scene the gum scene I'm with all that that's funny, but I I will argue the shit out of why this gets blown away by the aforementioned airplane naked gun obviously caddyshack and a multitude of other films that we've discussed in this podcast that are are my favorite and i'm basing it solely 
on laughs per minute, laughs per even second with some of those films. The laughs per minute c- counter here, it has its moments and then it drops. It has its moments and then it drops. It's not, if it's going to be a comic, a comedy juggernaut, like everyone says it is, it needs to have that frenetic pacing of jokes like those aforementioned films I gave do. Five out of 10. So five, Kevin, would you give it again? Six. Six. Five, five, and six. Let's go to the Lord Snort's predictions. And God damn, he is good. KG, 4.8. And he also says, remember, KG shot all over Spaceball. Yeah. So, Lord Snurts, <laughs> you are on You are on me. You, boy, I don't want to play poker with you. KI, he gave you an 8.2. Really? He's, he's been off on me so many times. <laughs> I can see why he thinks that for you. Yeah, I know I you know. know you know you love Spaceballs, and that's, that's what he's going to base on. And Chase, he gave you a 4. So, not too far off, but he really nailed me to the T. To the well, Time to hear what the blowhard's got to say about this. Critics, five-star reviews. Most of the shorter sequences work nicely. The superb comedian, Madeline Kahn, is she superb? I don't think so. (laughs) She's a national treasure. (laughs) Mm. What was the last thing we've seen her in after Clue? Oh, wait. Uh, Okay. As a role as Lily Van Schoen. still alive? No, she's not. She's very dead. I, I hope think so. That's why we're not seeing her. <laughs> I hope so. I understand they bury her. Again, another classic line, Kevin Israel, from the film that you have yet to watch, and that is 1991's Brain Donors. Get on I that know, shit. I still have to see that. Hour and 25 minutes. Christ almighty. I'm not asking you to watch Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> the superb comedian Madeline Kahn has a role uh, as a role of Lily Van Schoep that is a wonderful excuse for her to do a Marlene Dietrich imitation. It's so funny I referenced her before that. Okay, great. For the adult, next one, for the adult and not easily offended audience for whom Brooks has done this mad frontier frolic, Blazing Saddles offers an extraordinary quantity of unrestrained laughter. All right. right. The the movie occasionally wears you down and gets its laughs. That's fair. Despite the narrative shortcomings, again, who is judging a comedy on its plot? These people... (laughs) Uh, was this Wes Anderson's crowd writing in reviews now? Yuck. Many of the gags are outstanding. I would say the ga- the visual gags, no, it's the, it's the verbal quips that I'm that I'm on board with. I'm sure you and you I see you boys nodding so that we'll call that all three of us agree. Critics, one star reviews. <laughs> a model of how not to make a comedy. It is like playing tennis not only without a net but also without a court. And 20 balls simultaneously. Someone <laughs> must have been watching Wimbledon and said, let me write a review of Blazing Saddles because that analogy makes zero sense. And how could you say this is not to make a comedy? That's stupid. There are plenty of moments that are redeemable. Don't don't go nuts about it. Somehow the raunchy humor seemed to pass me by. <laughs> A limp, shapeless mess of a film trades in a genuine respect for Western tropes, for puerile vulgarity, and joy buzzer showmanship. Oh, my. I hate hate English lit reviews (laughs) and degrees. The worst. Next one, Blazing Saddles has no dominant personality, and it looks like it includes every psych gag thought out and in, in, in every store couldn't con- oh my god I'm sorry and it looks like it includes every gag thought up in an every store conference I thought that read in every store like in every convenience store that would have been funnier <laughs> whether good bad or mild nothing was thrown out a parody of bad westerns that was a laugh <laughs> just a description that's, yeah that's <laughs> factual fair Amazon five star reviews Yelling at each other doesn't work. Burning and looting doesn't work. Telling lies on the news doesn't work. Calling anyone who disagrees with you racist doesn't work. Forcing people who never owned a slave to pay reparations, in quotes, to people who never were a slave doesn't work. All of these actually increase division, fear, and hatred. Mocking and ridiculing actual racist people for being racist works. Laugh at the stupid people who don't understand how stupid they look. You may not change a clan member into a brother, but you can change the hearts of children to not be like the racist father. Thank you, Mel Brooks, for changing America for the better. That's a guy who says the N-word a lot. (laughs) I was going to write sign Quentin Tarantino, but that's too goddamn obvious. He's the guy who goes, well, I have a lot of black friends, so I can say it. These old actors, good to see them. 
That was the next one. <laughs> what in the wide world of sports are you people doing? Liberal use of the N-word only enhances the unsettled digs at racism in the early 70s. Characters are over, are often over the top with psych eggs, setting the sights, keeping you finding you new details to watch. I'm tired. Mongo, the railroad hand car. Join many other things to keep you entertained while you just think of your secretary. If you are offended by this movie, you take yourself entirely too seriously. You have no sense of humor. So head on down to Howard Johnson's, get some ice cream, chill and laugh. Extra credit if you know what Howard Johnson's is. <laughs> now, I only know this because I read this somewhere. I always thought of Howard Johnson's as either A, a hotel, or B, the third baseman for the 1986 Mets. <laughs> You didn't know Howard Johnson's was a hotel? I did. No, I knew it was a hotel. I knew it was a restaurant. That's what he's been talking about. Yeah, I saw it in an episode of Mad Men. So I don't know. It must be old. Amazon one-star reviews. It's all in caps. This is why I'm going to yell. I bought and paid for this movie? What a waste of money. The storyline is nowhere to be found other than some fake bean farts that smell better than the movie itself. Signed, Henry Kissinger. My daughter hit home, open search, got blazing saddles. We laughed, we watched, we really a really old movie, but I got charged for it. Really? <laughs> I have Amazon Prime and Amazon Music, etc., and I pay for that really old movie. Well, guess guess I'll stick to Netflix and HBO because I pay flat rate per month and can watch all the movies and series I want, not charge each time I watch a movie. The Kevin Israel special. You knew I had to include it. And for the record, I had to pay for this movie twice, and I didn't post on Amazon about it. Oh, it's right. I paid for it twice. Because I started watching it, and then I f- didn't watch it within the 48 hours. Oh, so you broke the cardinal rule of not yeah. complaining about it. How yeah, dare you? Yeah, I know. You? I'm so- I got to go on Amazon and bitch about it. Next one. My sense of humor is really healthy. By the way, guess who really doesn't have a <laughs> healthy sense of humor? <laughs> I'm not a prude or unduly sensitive to political, politically incorrect jokes, so as long as they're clever or ironic. This film is so juvenile, coarse, and moronic that it defies adequate description. It is so predictable and foolish. Any insult to any intellect, and irrefutably offensive as well as lame, any time two nine-year-olds can come up with better writing, nothing clever or amusing about this mess. I'm pausing for effect. I can't, I can't help but imagining how easily amu- amused boomers were. Exaggerated storylines, ethnic slurs, and slapstick comedy was all you needed to make them laugh for hours. Signed, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I know many of you... What's that? R.I.P. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, a cinematic <laughs> classic, and I'll strike yep. you down with great vengeance. Merch that film. I know many of you love this movie and are thinking, I'm crazy. I used to love this movie, too. If you love this movie, I implore you not to watch it again and defile the good memory you have of it. Warner's theory of retro reality, colon, the memory is always better than the reality. When I found out my wife had never seen it, seen it, you moral moron, I was so excited to share it with her. OMG, was I wrong? The movie is a real stinker. Terribly dated shtick that just didn't survive the test of time. Signed, Woody Allen. Yeah. Who's funnier? I'm sorry. Let's get back up. Kevin Israel, did Chase Mitchell gut the sacred cow? Uh, I think he did. I I agreed with so much of what he said. I think um, while I don't think this, I don't think, and I don't think he was trying to argue that this movie is horrible. I think he made the point that this movie doesn't deserve its position on the Mount Rushmore of comedy. And I agree. I agree. I, I don't think it I don't think that enough of the laughs last the stretch of the movie. Um, and I, I as I said, 9000 times, I think it falls apart at the halfway mark. So I think he did. I co-sign. I've always stood my ground and said this was overrated from jump. And I was tickled pink for someone to come in here and co-sign that argument. The real question was, Kevin Israel, were you going to agree with us? And I definitely thought you were going to stand in opposition, but. It's nice that we stand as brothers in yep. arms yet again. I'm a man of reason. That's a spirit. Now, let's find out how bad Skynet has not has. Sorry. Let's find out how bad Skynet still is in writing jokes. And who's funnier? Ask KG. Sorry. Who's funnier? KG or chat GPT? 
I asked ChatGPT to write three jokes because 10 would be the absolute borderline definition of Geneva Law Convention violation. So I only chose three jokes for ChatGPT to ask us. Uh, sorry, why am I getting these words out? ChatGPT, what do you have for Blazing Saddles? Why did the cowboy bring a ladder to the Blazing Saddles movie? He heard it had some high-spirited comedy and wanted to reach the top laughs. Chase, you laugh. You're gonna be. You're gonna. Chase, you're gonna be out of a job. This yeah, is it, was a lo- it, was, it was a long walk, but he, he got there. <laughs> now I can see why you're out of a job. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Why did the sheriff in Blazing Saddles refuse to play cards? Because he was tired of everyone trying to wild card their way out of trouble. Oh boy, what? Uh, that just doesn't. Nope. Makes sense. How did the quick drawing gunslinger become an artist? He realized his real talent was sketching a blazing comedy scene in record time. ChatGPT mm. sounds like they're writing jokes from the shitter and they have to go run back in the writer's room and, and deliver these things for a deadline. Well, KG22 Skynet Zero. That's the way I like it. Chase Mitchell, thanks so much for hanging out again. Appreciate you coming on here. Kevin Israel, I love you to death. Everybody, we'll see you next time at Gutting the Sacred Cow. Thanks a lot. Take care. Aloha.